Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our path to a truly wealthy life through conversations with talented and successful women and men who are designing their version of a meaningful and prosperous life. Teresa Leftenant is a certified financial planner with 30 years experience as a financial advisor and wealth coach to women just like you. She is founder of ReinventingHer.com and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Teresa is a relationship with money expert and a reinvention mentor for women who are ready to create a life that makes their heart sing and their bank account swell. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. Hello, everyone. You know, when it comes to gremlin taming, Rick Carson wrote the book, literally. Rick is author of four HarperCollins books, and few authors have experienced the remarkable track record or had as great an impact on the coaching world as Taming Your Gremlin, a bestseller for HarperCollins since its publication in 1984, with a revised edition in 2003 and its sequel, A Masterclass in Gremlin Taming, in 2008. So let's explore how to get out of your own way by freeing yourself from the monster of the mind. Welcome to episode 52 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create their own version of a wealthy life. I've been a certified financial planner and a wealth advisor for over 30 years, and women and their partners hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions, explore who they are, express their inner talents, and live their personal dreams. So join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including our finances and our physical health and wellness, professional and career, our mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships and contribution and legacy. And I share about the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on building wealth and financial fitness. Now, today's episode, it's in the mental and emotional wellness series. All right, everyone, today is the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of my show. Last year, when I decided to become a radio show podcast host, my vision was to interview amazing and talented experts who were on their own journey to a wealthy life. Now, I want you to know that I chose the word wealthy because my expertise as a coach is helping my clients manage their mind and their behaviors when it comes to making financial decisions. As you know, I've owned an independent financial planning and wealth managed practice for 18 years. And just this year, I merged my practice with a larger company so I could be part of a truly ensemble team who incorporates life coaching into the financial planning process. Who knew that was possible? I also chose the word Uh, I also chose the word wealthy because I want women to practice using that word when they describe themselves and the life they want to live. You know, we've come a long way, baby, haven't we, ladies? But it still hasn't been that long since women weren't allowed to borrow money or own a home in their own name or even consider bringing home an executive level paycheck. We still have a long way to go before we accept it's also our birthright to achieve financial independence on our own. You know, we can get stuck with that old, quote, pursuit of happiness mantra, which leaves out an important element of living a good life, and that's money. Money is necessary to pursue and live our dreams, but women can put the financial decision-making near the bottom of their list. I hope this show will help you change your mind about that. So I've been thinking about what I've created in the 51 episodes that came before today. So many talented and fascinating women have shared their best ideas and experiences, as well as their heart and passion for empowering others. So I invite you to review our list of shows at reinventingher.com. Find one that catches your attention 
Or you might want to re-listen to a favorite episode where you really learn something new that might have changed the course of your pursuit. Now, in the coming year, I'm going to do a better job of asking my guests to define their version of a wealthy life because we need to know examples of what's possible because you, my listeners, will only make different choices, change how you think and behave, take on new risks if you have a clear vision of what a wealthy life would look like to you. So listen every week at 1150kknw.com. That's Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Or you can download our podcast on Podcast One, Spotify, iTunes, or Google. Now, I'm looking forward to hearing my guest's definition of living a wealthy life. But for now, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take a stand right today and tell you what my version of a wealthy life is. First and most important, it's living more of my unique, powerful, and loving self every day. You see, because I'm committed to digging deeper, to asking and answering those really difficult questions that we get to face every day we live life. Living a wealthy life also means being abundant in money in a sense that I want to have more than I need for my chosen lifestyle so that I can feel the joy of sharing it with others. A wealthy life to me also means to be wealthy in love. Wealthy love is giving love to every human being I encounter. Now, I get it. That's a pretty tall order. But when I can actually get out of my own head enough to give away my love, even to people I don't know or people I've judged in the past, it just blows my mind how easily they return the favor. I've learned that I can only feel loved when I give it away. Also, a wealthy life is a healthy life. I'm really fit and strong, both in body and mind. I live a wealthy life because I am wealthy in laughter with family and friends who share in what I find fun and worth doing. And finally, a wealthy life means wealthy in gratitude for every day of just being alive and being able to do things like this, interview a really cool guy who's made a big impact on the world. So let me introduce my special guest today. For over 35 years, Rick Carson has been a counselor, personal and executive coach, and trainer for mental health professionals, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. His work is used in the training of psychotherapists, personal and executive coaches, substance abuse specialists, corrections personnel, teachers, corporate executives, clergy, and others. He's founder of the Gremlin Training Institute in Dallas, Texas. Rick is a former faculty member of the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School and a clinical member and approved supervisor for the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy. And as I said at the beginning, Rick has written four books for HarperCollins based on his seminal work, Taming Your Gremlin. It's been translated into several languages, and it's been a consistent seller since 1984. For thousands in a cross-section of cultures and circumstances, the Gremlin training method serves as a foundation for responding to everyday challenges and for living a satisfying, and I might add, wealthy life. So welcome to the show, Rick Carson. Oh, <clears throat> it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I, I admire you. I like what you were just saying about uh, just your experience of wealth, for one thing. And I'm honored to be with you. You've affected in 25 years. Think of the number of people that you've touched who've benefited from the work you've done, not just in terms of financial wellness, you know, but as you stated, uh, physical well-being, emotional well-being, mental health, uh, everything. So it's really uh, it's such yeah. a gift to connect to what your passion is. And you don't really know when that's going to happen in your life. And, uh -huh. you know, many times we feel like, oh, I'm just doing something because uh, I have to or I should. But then you can find your passion in your work. And that's what I did. So I wanted to say that when you and I first chatted, I told you that your book was one of the few that had survived many moves in the past 20 years, and it's oh, still good. in my library. I'm honored. Yeah. 
So, but I listened to it again in preparation for this uh, interview on Audible, and I was kind of surprised that you had that beautiful Southern accent and such a calm voice, which is so easy to listen to. So I want to start out with this quote because I think it's a really great um, context to begin our conversation. This is a quote from the book. It says, this book is not intended to guide you to enlightenment or to eternal bliss, or even riches. It will, however, help you to enjoy yourself more and more each day. It is simple and practical, and I hope that reading it brings you much pleasure, which I believe encapsulates your whole intention, I think, right? <laughs> That's right. I'm thinking, I just, so I wrote that in 83. It's still completely true for me. Right. It's, what, it's what I do for a living. It's what I do for pleasure. Uh, I want to comment on something you said, actually. Uh, you were commenting on uh, a wealth of love within you. That actually is what the gremlin timing method is all about. Mm. It's not really about the gremlin in the same way that uh, a beautiful stone, a beautiful sculpture, let's say a statue coming out of a stone is not about the stone that ends up on the floor. That's the gremlin. What we're about is tapping into that beautiful, beautiful thing on the inside. You can't circle it with a word and call it. I mean, I've heard all sorts of words applied to it. I've applied various words. So, prana, ray, chi, ki, uh, the primordial vibration, you know, God, the kingdom within. I mean, there's so many terms, but it's in there and can be experienced. And it's not a belief. It's not an opinion. It's not a religion. When one book, I just called it life. But in terms of let's just use your term, because that's the one I've used mostly. It's just true love. Mm-hmm. It's not love of anything. Mm-hmm. It's love, you know, it's pure. And isn't our journey really to a wealthy life? Our journey really is about just getting out of our own way. That's the subtitle of the book. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's what it's all about. The way, you know, people, of course, I mean, talking about true love sounds kind of like a, I don't know, like a wispy platitude, sort of schmaltzy to people. But it's it's true. It exists. And the way you can discover that is as you begin to simply notice, which, as you know, Teresa, is a key part of the, the method. You start to notice how you're getting in your own way in the very moment that you're getting in your own way. And there are five or six kind of core ways that we do that. At the point you start to notice that, you're in touch with the observer, with the natural you, and the essence of that is true love. All you need at first is just a sliver of light between who you are on the inside and all the stuff. And it's very powerful. I mean, once you begin to notice that stuff, it kicks into play what I call the Zen theory of change. And I can go into that if you'd like me to. Or we can go I do, longer. but we have to take a break. As you know, we uh, have to uh, pay a little bills, as they say. So, uh, yeah, hey, sure. everybody, I know you can see that you need to stay with us. So we'll be right back to a wealthy life for her. You can stop worrying, literally. Read Taming Your Gremlin by Rick Carson. Rick's gremlin taming method has propelled hundreds of thousands along the path to freedom from the misery of high anxiety and the depth of despair. Taming Your Gremlin by Rick Carson. Read or listen, and you can stop worrying. Available now through Amazon.com, Audible.com, or your local bookstores. Reinventing Her was born in 2014 with the vision of adding life and money mindset coaching for professional women who have unique challenges to becoming financially independent. After 30 years of talking to women about their money, Teresa Leftenant knew the time was right to empower women to transform everything they thought they knew about living a wealthy life. Start your journey toward pursuing a unique vision of a prosperous and meaningful life at reinventingher.com. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. 
And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with my wonderful guest, Rick Carson, who's the author of Taming Your Gremlin. And we were just getting started with talking about the real essence of your work through really your whole career has been about helping people identify what's in their way to feeling that inner beautiful self or soul or true love. So say more about that now that we're back. I sure will. Yeah. Because I want your listeners to leave with something very practical that they can use. This is not just, uh, it's not just talk. There's actually something people can do. I find myself, Teresa, really wanting to, I mean, you said so much interesting stuff in what, when you were talking about your experience. So I, let's, we're, let's agree that we're just going to call that the essence of the natural you true love. Okay. And that it, you begin tapping into it by noticing how you're getting in the way of it. Okay. Let's just say that. But one of the cool things that you reminded me of when you were uh, as an intro to the show, actually, uh, is you were talking about giving that. Well, the way it works from my experience is as you begin to tap into that experience, just to taste it, you, you serve it in two ways. One is you serve it like a master. In other words, it'll guide you. It'll tell you who to hang out with, who and what to get the hell away from, what to eat. I mean, it's once you really start trusting that force, but you got to kind of tap into a little of it first, of course. But you also serve it another way. You start doing service, for lack of a better term. You start doing action in accordance with that experience. So at that point, you're sort of serving it up like a big piece of cherry pie or something to somebody. So anyway... That's how, how it works. And I do want to go into the Zen theory of change at some point here. So, Well, let's do one thing before we, we do that, because I love where we're starting. <laughs> really, okay. This is great sure. conversation. There's no hurry. But yeah, so I thought it would be helpful for us to define or you to define, you know, why did you come up with the word gremlin back in 1984 when you were first writing this book? What, where, what's the source of that? What's happening question. for you? The... Uh, and I keep in mind, this is before the movie Gremlins, and this is, you know, it was a long time ago. And I was having to do something I didn't really want to do, but I, but it was the right thing to do. Anyway, I was by myself in an old house in Chicago, three o'clock in the morning, cold. Uh, I won't go into all the details except to say I just I was feeling just disgruntled, you know, uh, pissed off. And there were people I could blame, circumstances I could blame, but I, I was at least smart enough to know I'm sitting here by myself. Those people in circumstances aren't here. This I'm doing this somehow. So I started doing some work with myself and did a little empty chair thing. And just the image that came to mind, and I don't even know I'd ever thought about gremlins, was a gremlin. And I just kind of had it in the back of my mind. This is 19, God, this is like 72. You know, yeah, way back. I mean, I've been doing this for 49 years now. Wow. We said, I know you said 35, but it's longer than that. I'm older than that. But in any event, that image came up. And when I started to write the book, I thought about writing it as sort of a Eastern philosophy book or as a book just for therapists, you know. And then I thought, hell, I want to reach everybody. I'm going to make this as accessible as possible. And that gremlin thing kept coming up. So I wrote it. <laughs> and then after I wrote it, I thought, well, I'll just call it Taming Your Gremlin. You know? So you were having a few, uh, shall we say, messages from the universe because it kept coming into your mind. And that's actually what happened when I wrote my book is that, is that I right? was uh, told what to call it. And a lot of what's yeah. in it is like stuff I never thought of before. So isn't that fascinating, that creative oh, yeah. spark inside of us? Yeah. And that's there with everybody listening to us right now mm -hmm. and everybody on the planet. Mm -hmm. It's learning to get, you said this too earlier when you were speaking, uh, it, it's a matter of really learning how to get out of your head more often and coming home to that special place inside several times an hour. And you start to it speak softly, but it's speaking to you. And I, that, that even sounds like woo-woo, but it's, it's not. It may not come in words, 
but there's a natural flow to everybody's life if you can tap into that. And I'm no master of this, but I, boy, I'm, I'm a sincere practitioner. Let's say that. I, I give it hell. Well, that's <laughs> kind know. of what we have to do to become a master of anything is we have to practice it all the time. And that's when, you know, if you don't practice something that you are really interested in, you lose your skill, you lose your interest, all that. So I want to, I want to ask another thing. So taming your gremlin, it's not literal, right? It's not like you have to crack the whip. What Thank is you for that? Right. It's yeah. like taming express, yeah. explain that a little more. Yeah. It, well, it's, as you begin to get a, as I said earlier, a sliver of light, it's a breath to breath, moment to moment thing. But with practice, you can get really good at that sliver of light. But with practice, it becomes broader and broader. But it's a breath to breath thing. Your gremlin, my wife typed the first draft of this book. And when she read this part, she yelled, uh, not in a positive way. Because what I had written is you don't take your tame your gremlin once and for all. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? (laughs) No, you know, but you can become so good at the method with practice. You're going to get good at whatever you practice. And if what you practice is making yourself miserable, scaring the hell out of yourself, miring yourself in regret, putting yourself down, you got to get great at it. But if you practice with the method, you get really good about tapping into that thing that's true. And you can't trust it right off the bat. I guess you could. I couldn't. But over time, you start seeing, hey, it works. What the, my little rat hole ideas are pretty good some of the time. But a lot of the times, I don't have a clue. I just think I do. So I, I suggest leading with your heart of hearts. You got to, you, you know, I, I train a lot of psychotherapists. And one of my favorite guys said, are you telling us not to think and I said, not at all. But Krishnamurti put it very well. He says, you have to know the place of thought. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's, the mind is like a warehouse. My uh, colleague, Jane Massingale, says it's like a big Costco. You know, it doesn't, in my view, the mind doesn't know a lot. It just knows about stuff. You have a direct experience, which has its own language. It's not the language of the mind. And then you put it in that warehouse in a file and you can bring it out and look at it and have some of the experience, but it's not quite the same. Hmm. So, okay. you know, you, we're talking about choosing not to suffer. And I believe that's what motivated me to begin to take a look, to notice, to open that sliver that you're talking about, because I was really tired of suffering every single day. And yeah. I guess the, the, the thing that a lot of folks that I know don't really realize they don't have to suffer. How do you get people to realize they don't have to suffer? And that well, is the motivation to actually learn. I don't want people to think they don't have to have pain and discomfort Okay. because it comes to the territory of being alive. What you have control over, if I'm driving down the highway, this is a very mundane example. This actually happened. Actually, I was driving to Austin to work with a bunch of therapists and coaches. I'm on a beautiful country road. I had meditated. I'm, you know, feeling like a swami. I'm having a big time <laughs> driving down the highway, thinking I'm the only person on the highway. I hear this blaring horn behind me. Mm. All of a sudden, I mean, my neck muscles got tight. My knuckles got white on the steering wheel. Now, I don't care how together I have it or have it and had it at that moment when there's a blaring horn, whether it's death of a loved one, divorce, loss of a job, you're going to glitch. What you have a choice about is if at that point, I mean, this guy then came speeding around me. He was laughing. He was leaning on his horn. He was driving one of those big trucks. Actually, it wasn't a big truck, but it had those big wheels on it. Uh, I didn't love him, you know. And he goes speeding by, he's laughing at me. If And my tendency was, of course, to get in my head and begin thinking, I'm going to feel better again when I get him back. But hell, I've been known to cling to, I'll feel better again when he understands my point of view, or she agrees with me, or they see I'm as cool as I think I am, or whatever the hell it is. It's just... It's inconvenient and it's inefficient. So 
what I'm the bottom line of all this is you can't control blaring horns. What you can do some things. It's, we're good. You're good. Most of your listeners are good. I'm pretty good at stacking my props and players. Okay. But things go wrong. Your ducks aren't going to stay in a row for any length of time. And what you have a choice over is what you do with that internally. So in my view, you can't avoid the pain, but you can damn sure be a major variable in how long it lasts in your body. Ah, there you go. So how long it lasts in your body? Because that's where we experience suffering is in our body. And it feels where we really experience yucky. everything. Every experience you have in this life happens within the boundary defined by your skin. Mm -hmm. Events occur around you, but your experience of those events and some involve you, even if you don't want them to, but your experience of those events happens from your skin in. So on the most fundamental level, if you know how to play uh, this inner game, and that's not my term, Tim Galway came up with that term and I love it. Uh, he was applying it to tennis and golf, things like that and business, I think, uh, but it's a great term. Once you understand the game, the gremlin timing method is the way to play it. It's a roadmap. That's really the greatest compliment I get from people is it's not a bunch of platitudes. You tell us what to do, you know. So. Right. It's easily accessible. I would agree with that. And, you know, what uh, I think is important about what you said is that we have a choice and we have a choice in every moment, even when the events around us, uh, we are out of our control. And. Um, I love that you describe that in the book as responsibility. Yeah, responsibility, two words. Yeah. To respond to two things. One is what's going on around you, those blaring horns. But the other is to respond to your own impulses a mm. particular way. Mm -hmm. You know, because that true love we're talking about, I'm not talking about the emotion love. There's sadness, there's anger, there's joy, there's the emotion love, there's sexual feeling. But underneath all that, is a, a river of love that it may not always, it's certainly not always in my foreground, but I like it to at least be a very close background. You know? Right. So, right. Because the, love gives us the opportunity to listen to other people, to be open to what they say, even if we don't agree with them. Well, it certainly does. And also when, uh, at least from my experience, when I'm in touch with that, which I am at this moment, I like that feeling very much. Mm -hmm. I don't require much else, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I mean, I think money definitely has its advantages, you know? Uh, and so do a lot of things. I like my house. I mm -hmm. love my family, you know, I'm a granddad and I really like that. Uh, but the, the experience of all that happens inside of me mm -hmm. and I'll be able to taste that even when I'm not looking at my grandbaby or my son and my daughter-in-law or, or anything like that, you know, or my wife, gosh. Oh no. yeah. It's uh, and, and, you know, you and I, I mean, I'm, I'm up there in age myself, and uh, I'm so grateful for the all the bad experiences I've had, all the events that I can control, and the ability to really sort of rub myself raw and realize what's really important, which is those feelings and those connections. And we're going to go to um, the work that you're doing around relationships, what you've done in your past. But before I sure. do that, I want to ask one last question about our gremlin per se. A gremlin is not a person. A gremlin is just a way that our mind tends to talk to us. And so why is it a bad idea to try to argue with our gremlin? Well, at the point you grapple with your gremlin, that's one of the reasons I, I, I get a little, uh, I want to straighten people out when they confuse gremlin taming with positive over negative thought. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not about the dialogue between the angel and the gremlin. It's about, you know, and the angel winning. It's about removing yourself from that entire dialogue because in that dialogue, even the angel will become a gremlin eventually. So... Your gremlin is not your negative past experiences. It's not your fears. It's not your regrets. It's not your put downs. It's not your inner critic. Inner critic's small potatoes compared to your gremlin. Your gremlin is the one who uses that stuff to squelch that true love inside. Your gremlin is not cute. 
It may be kind of a cute little metaphor, but we're talking about the ultimate duality here, right. which can be traded in for at least a taste, a taste of simple peace and contentment. And once you discover that experience is in there, it doesn't have to be created. It's mm -hmm. there. You just have to quit messing with it. It's a nice experience, really nice. Makes life so much more wealthy. Yeah, All wealthy. right. <laughs> so give us just a moment. Uh, we'll be right sure. back, everyone. At, and Rick and I will be talking, as I said, about using his methods to create really rewarding and connected relationships. So we'll see you right back to A Wealthy Life for Her. You can stop worrying, literally. Retaming Your Gremlin by Rick Carson. Rick's gremlin taming method has propelled hundreds of thousands along the path to freedom from the misery of high anxiety and the depth of despair. Taming Your Gremlin by Rick Carson. Read or listen, and you can stop worrying. Available now through Amazon.com, Audible.com, or your local bookstores. It's a truth that's hard to admit, but professional women face unique challenges from financial and life circumstances that threaten their long-term financial security and quality of life. Women earn less than men, live an average five years longer, take time out from their careers to raise children, and are less confident making financial choices. Solving the challenges that are robbing you of a wealthy life takes a committed and courageous money mindset. Visit reinventingher.com and schedule a chat with Teresa Leftenant, a wealthy life specialist who cares. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her. My guest, Rick Carson, is a psychotherapist, counselor, and he's also a trainer of all sorts of health professionals and business owners, uh, nonprofit executives, and so on. So in your work, Rick, we were talking about, you know, what the gremlin is and isn't, and um, blocking our flow of, of, of achieving that connection to that inner love and flow that we have inside. But now let's talk about um, why you're training other people in these methods and especially around relationships. Did you say why I am? Yeah. Why, why are you training other people? I just think that it's, I, I really get off on spreading the word and seeing the spread effect. All I'm after is for people to feel more simple peace and contentment. Mm. And you alluded earlier to the, the, just the richness of relationships when you start living in a place of, really of love and of authenticity, just being real. So in the interest of being very practical with people here, so they have something they can use at, at any point in time, like right now for you and I, okay. At any point in time, I'm a devotee of something. So are you. Right. Okay. Uh, right now I'm your devotee and the people listening. I mean, that's what I'm doing with my life. Mm -hmm. So my intention is to form a connection. If I had my druthers, we would be in the same room, but we can't be, but we can do pretty damn well with this. Mm -hmm. So intention is a word I want people to remember, but I'm not talking about desire. In other words, I'm not talking about a goal. Let me say it like that. That's okay. outside down there somewhere. Okay. I'm talking about an intention to be in your life in the moment to form a connection, a strong connection. Okay. To decide breath to breath, moment to moment, what you want to devote to. Mm -hmm. You're always going to devote to something in your immediate surroundings or to something inside your body. The focal point of that is your breathing or to the world of mind. Your foreground is always in one of those places. So the idea is to choose breath to breath, moment to moment, what you want to connect with. So if you want to connect with a person, you better be there 100% with that person, which requires, this is interesting, it's a little tricky, but respect. Mm -hmm. Now, I respect you, obviously, but 
maybe you don't respect the person you're connecting with mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, their politics or whatever, you know. Uh, but what I'm going to respect every every time is the time I'm spending with that person. Those are precious breaths worth of my life. And I don't want to miss them. If I'm going to be with you or with a project, I'm going to be 100% in it or I'm cheating myself. I mean, I developed this so that at the end of my session with clients, I had a, I developed kind of a checklist. I mean, there's more to it, but I'll just tell you really quickly. Your intention, it's an acronym. It's I create. Your intention is to form a connection with respect, which you got to ask yourself, if I want to really connect with a person or writing a book or project, what's the best? The next E is environment in which to do that. So I like this better than just being on a phone. For sure. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were going to write a book, work on a book, the setup would be entirely different. I write longhand, so I'd be spread out. You know, it's different. Your intention is to connect with respect in an environment where you can not only be authentic, but have your own authentic experience, not some trumped up idea about what you think you're supposed to have. One of the places that that comes, you know, when I teach people to meditate, for example, typically they be in my office and they leave, they go practice for a week or two, they come back. I say, how was it? They say, well, it was really good, but it wasn't as good as when I was in your office, you know. And I inevitably, I end up saying, forget about that. Let go of your ideas about what meditation is supposed to be. I see that getting in the way of more people. You know, just do it. Just do it. Sometimes it'll be beautiful. Sometimes you'll think, if I have to do this for another two minutes, I'm going to shoot somebody, you know. But you do it. It's practice. That's why it's called a practice of meditation. So if your intention is to connect with respect in an environment where you can really be and have your own authentic experience, if you'll trust that, which you've got to try it a few times before you start trusting it, but if you'll trust it, which is the next word, you'll have a great experience, which is the last D. So intention to connect with respect in an environment where you can be authentic and have your own authentic experience. Trust that and you'll have a great time. At least you'll have a full body time, (laughs) full rich time. What a great, Uh, what a great set of kind of guidelines and not rules, but guidelines of what to think about when you want to create uh, positive relationships. And we're not talking just about, you know, one-on-one love relationships, but about relationship with our bosses, with our friends, with, you know, anybody. With money, with money. money. Yeah. I mean, uh, believe me, a lot of people are using this now in, in business relationships. And it's, I don't know, I've, I've found it. I mean, I just, when I made it up, I didn't know it was going to be an acronym. But within a day after I made it up, I, I started applying it to every relationship in my life with people. And a few days later, I was applying it to just relationship with everything. And this is about 20 years ago. Hmm. And it just... I've found it really transformational for me, you know. So can we tease a couple of little words out there that that I want to ask you about? So first off, I want to have you tell me about authenticity, because I think that's a real buzzword right now. You know, I'm I'm more authentic. But do you I you know, what is real authenticity? What is that? There's two kinds. Okay, two places it applies, I should say. One has to do with matching in terms of communication, your voice and facial expression to what you're feeling on the inside. In other words, show me great answer. Show me who you are. Don't tell me who you are. Show me. Be there. Be you. There's not a shortage of doctors, lawyers. There's a shortage of people just being themselves. And that's the huge part of authenticity. The other is what I mentioned earlier. Let go of your ideas about what you think an experience is supposed to be. Just have your own authentic experience. I don't know if many people have seen any of the uh, National Lampoon vacation movies, 
But <laughs> Chevy Chase, you know, uh, plays, uh, what's his name? Clark Griswold, Sparky, his wife calls him. And he's constantly coming up with these pictures of things he wants it to be like for the family. And it never works out. But if he had just surrendered to, you know, to just kind of plan a few things and then let it unfold, I think he'd have been better off. And I made the same mistakes over and over again. Really. I mean, I'm glad they didn't call me Sparky. But, uh, yeah, I think back on my, mostly my son's earlier years and think, man, I was working so hard to have him have a big time. That I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I got in the way many times. <laughs> well, that's a gremlin-y kind of thing is to think that we yeah. can control things when yeah, you give up and you realize, right. oh, I, I've had so many experiences where I try to control things and couldn't. I might as well just give that up. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I know. It's certainly true for me. And uh, Yeah. So I would just say in this whole idea about I create in the relationships, and of course, trust is, you know, one of the biggest uh, words that is in my business, because there are people in my business who are not trustworthy. And I talk to people a lot about how to create trust. How would you say people can create trust? Well, I, I, trusting themselves, you got to trust your own experience. You got to listen to that whisper on the inside. You know, I mean, it's not always easy, you know, because as I said, it speaks very softly sometimes. And uh, one of the reasons I like trusting that is I'm, I'm, I'm not always purely, I mean, it, it may not always work out, you know, it really may not work out. Certainly not like I have my little idea about how it should work out, but it works out most of the time <laughs> and it saves a lot of time. It saves a whole lot of time. I see people practically turning somersaults, trying to decide where, where to go to eat. You know, it's like it's not your last meal. Just relax into the experience and go, you know. It'll be right. Okay. Don't be too worried if you don't like the meal. Yeah, that's right. You'll be eating again. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, yes. you know, uh, and the group, yeah, enough said. So we have to, uh, time for about two more questions. So I want to make sure you get to say what you want to say is, uh, you know, what is it that you really want our listeners to experience of you and what you've learned? Well, I create would be a nice thing for people to just play with. But in addition to that, remember where you end and all else begins a miraculous sheath known as your skin. This is the thing I get the most uh, emails, letters, calls about. Either people saying, I don't get the skin thing, or I finally got the skin thing. All I'm saying, don't complicate it. All I'm saying is stay very aware of the surface of your skin. Feel air on your skin, clothes on your skin, okay? And remember that your experiences are happening in there. Your skin is a vibrating, very sensitive organ, but it's also a boundary surrounded by an energy field. Mm -hmm. So that's one. If you stay aware of that and you pay attention to your breathing, which is a big deal nowadays, people are talking a lot about belly breathing and that's important, but I'm not just saying take in all of the air that you want and exhale fully. I am saying that. What I'm saying is your breathing is not just a regulator of your internal experience. It's an indicator. And when it gets shallow, it's telling you you're at the front end of starting to live in the world of mind. You're starting to mess with yourself because you cut off your body, your physical awareness, and you become concentrated in the world of mind, which is not a bad place, but there's some bad neighborhoods. And <laughs> I love that, yes. Yeah, and even if all you do is just hang out there too long, you're gonna get either anxious or the blues because it's not real life. It's the same stuff over and over again. It's got fills of fresh daisies, wonderful memories, fantasies. It's great, but don't live there. Come home to your breath and your skin several times an hour. Several times an hour. I, I mean, that is a tall order, isn't it? In our busy, busy world that we, where we're so distracted by what we think is important. And I do think that this gremlin taming method and, and what you're sharing with us today is a, is a way for us to realize that we don't have to be so busy, busy. Right. 
just practice with the method, practice, practice, practice. And, and so be, you know, we have a little more time than I thought, but I do want to know about how to resolve conflict in relationships. There's so much conflict. There's so much butting up against each other. Uh, So much, like you said before, I want to be right. I have to win. So how do you help people with that? By having them practice, I create. And another thing, which is, I'll say it as quickly as I can, but is to simply notice what's true for you. That is what you're thinking, what you're noticing, what you're imagining and separate out what you imagine from what you know for sure. Like you're nodding. I imagine you're listening to me. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Okay. So you notice what's true. You uh, describe that, which is basically just describing yourself. You're an authority on your experience. You're living it. So you simply notice what's true. You describe it. And this is the hard part. Hush. (laughs) Just hush. Breathe and listen. And when I can get two people doing that, I mean, I work with, you can imagine, lots of couples and families and law partnerships. And and a lot of times it's working through conflict. I get two people doing that with each other. It's amazing how simple working through a, a contentious thing can be, you know. It's always the simple thing, isn't it? That is the most powerful. <laughs> yeah, from my experience. It isn't like this long list of hey, do this, then do that. No, no, not for me. You know, I'm I take great pride in being simple-minded. <laughs> so, What's the yeah. legacy that you think you're leaving, Rick? Oh, I don't know. It, uh, he, I'd like people to think I'm a really nice guy who uh, had a generosity of spirit, you know, was willing to help any way I could. Uh, mostly I want to be known as a as a, a lover. I don't mean, you know. Right, a, a, I get a it. Mm-hmm. Just as a, a lover. I see yeah. myself as a lover of uh, that experience on the inside. and. Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize I'm no master of that. And I don't know that my work can take people all the way there, but it can get them on the right path, I think, Mm -hmm. to start looking, to start digging a little deeper instead of just looking at the props and players. That's important. I mean, what your work is hugely important, but most people that I come in contact with are pretty good with that. They want coaching and they get it. And it's that inner thing that people need help with. And I'd like to, I think I'm helping with that. Not, not to, uh, and I like that I am. Makes me yeah. feel real good. My, my, what I imagine to be true is that you have made a huge difference with um, thousands of people that now realize more about who, what's really important in their lives and that they can maybe let go of a little bit more of that pursuit of happiness that I was talking about. And especially in the sense of what we think we should be doing, because we have all these messages telling us in our culture about what we should be doing. And it really is about becoming the real us, the real me, the real you, so that we can just let our experiences fill us up, whether they're good or bad, or however we feel about them, just be okay with it. Let me mention one thing that uh, if I'm not offering any courses on gremlin timing right now, but if somebody who is a coach or a therapist or a business leader, whatever, if they have a sincere desire to learn, Go through the webpage, tamingyourgremlin.com, and send me an email. And I usually, I don't take, I might, right now I'm only doing it with a few individuals and I'm not doing it individually. Occasionally I'll put people together, but I'm really particular. It's got to be people who really are thirsty and, and want to learn the method. So we'll have a few talks before we get rolling, but... If people have a sincere interest, they can contact me. That's such a great invitation. Uh, I might be one of those people, Rick, because, um, you know, anyway, obviously I've done some work on myself and, you know, but there is these, there are some 
things that don't feel quite right to me. And I bet some of our listeners feel the same way. But what you're describing is you want people who are willing to do the practice, who are willing to do what is required. It's not hard. It's actually pleasurable, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, but it, it takes practice. I want to be clear about that. You got to do what I ask you to go do it. It doesn't take a lot of time. And right. it varies with each person. Mm-hmm. And for those who are coaches or therapists or, you know, supervisors of people that want to apply the method, it takes years to really learn the method, but you can learn, you can definitely enhance your skills if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I only take a few at a time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Excellent. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing My your pleasure. heart you. and yourself <laughs> and uh, just, you know, being open to getting to know me and just supporting what I'm out here in the world doing, too. So thank doing you so great much. Stuff, I'm telling you. And happy 25th anniversary. That's quite a milestone. Actually, one year anniversary, 52nd oh, one. episode, one year. Oh, you know, that's what it was. That's it's right. so yeah. cool to, to be able to say that I've managed to, I've learned how to do a radio show now. I've yeah. done it for a year. I was going to kid you after, after I heard your introduction, the way you did it, because you didn't miss a word. And I was thinking I was going to tell you, you should go into radio. <laughs> but Good idea. So. <laughs> All right, Rick. Thank you. So everyone, next week in kind of this trifecta of male guests on the show, I will have had three uh, wonderful men on my show in a row, but I'm going to be interviewing uh, Brad Berger, and he's a life coach, a financial planner, and my partner. And we're going to be talking about how life coaching is becoming more of a permanent uh, thing in financial yeah. plan around the country, which it definitely needs to be. So I look forward to that. And thank you so much for listening and being part of a wealthy life for her. I couldn't be more grateful to be hosting a radio show where I get to meet all these amazing people who are out there inspiring women and men to live that wealthy life that they want to live. So don't miss out on all of the incredibly talented guests. As I said earlier, please listen every week at 1150kknw.com and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks to my lovely daughter, Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, for composing our theme music. Eric, my producer, and my team at Cornerstone Financial Strategies. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant. And you can learn more about working with me at reinventingher.com. Finally, ladies. Remember that you deserve a wealthy life and to attain financial independence, which is your birthright. When you align your values and your goals and put your financial house in order, you can build and gain financial confidence so you can overcome any challenge and create a wealthy life on your terms. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and reinvention mentor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventingher.com.